Hello and welcome to the British English Podcast. I'm currently in a different place to my usual setting. I'm in the dining room of my grandparents' or my late grandparents' house. And opposite me is my fiancé, Stacey. Hello, Stacey. Hello there. How are you? I'm good. A little tired. We're both tired. Yeah. But uh, yes, we're making this happen. Yeah, already thinking this is not going to work. I'm convinced it will. Stacey has been thinking of various ideas for us to do today on the podcast. And uh, then we decided to, to go with a more relaxed approach, just talking about your childhood. Because I think if we delve into your childhood and maybe mine, we will discover some differences among them and uh, therefore help non-native adult British English learners understand a bit more about British culture. If you're not an adult, that's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to be polite. But just to warn you, it is aimed at a mature audience. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go straight into it, Stacey. Where were you born and raised? I was born and raised, or definitely born in a city, town, big town, potentially a small city called Redditch, which is very close to Birmingham. But I would actually say, I don't know if I can be clear where I was raised because I did move around a little bit as a child. Some of it in the very west of the UK, more towards Wales, some of it more in the Midlands, a little bit in Hampshire, which is more near where you are from. So yes, I'm not sure. I'm unclear on where I'm raised. So do you not have an identity? Do you know where home is? Home is, I don't want to sound cheesy, but home is... Where I am. Where you are. <laughs> Sorry to get all analytical on you for a second, but from seeing the statistics of what people listen to this show on, it is safe to say that you are most likely using Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts, which means you could be missing out on the free worksheet for this specific episode, which teaches you at least 10 phrases totally free. And there's more, because upon getting access to this week's free worksheet, you actually unlock access to every single free worksheet I've ever made, which is well over 100 episodes. So that's 100 times 10. Let me do my calculations. Oh my God, you are losing out on learning a minimum of 1,000 phrases for free. I know, I know, you're thinking... Hmm, eh, it won't be convenient though. I just want to open my podcast player, select the latest episode and get on with my day. Well, I know that feeling all too well. So I went and built an app for this very reason. You can download the app, open the free worksheets and listen to the latest podcast episode within three clicks. I tested it myself, meaning you can enjoy the episode whilst getting on with your day. And then when you hear a word you want to learn, unlock the phone and there it is right under the play button. It's amazing. And did I mention completely free for you? It cost me a fair amount of money 
to build. So I'd love for you to use it. So yes, do us both a favor, pause this episode, download it right now and enjoy the free worksheet that complements this very episode. To do that, open the show notes of this episode and click the relevant link or open your device's app store, search the British English podcast app or BEP, that's B-E-P. Oh, and if you're not wanting to get the app, then just head over to the website, thebritishenglishpodcast.com slash freebies. That's F-R-E-E-B-I-E-S. Go on, pause, download the app and resume. You won't regret it, I promise. Or, I mean, home has been just wherever my parents have resided. Home is where your parents have resided. Mm -hmm. I would say so. Yeah. Okay, so you've had quite a few homes. Mm -hmm. So there's not one place, but I would always pigeonhole you to being near Wales. Mm, You would. (laughs) The venom in that. Can you explain the venom behind your you would? Yes, I see you or I judge you as being uh, very narrow-minded when it comes to people outside of the greater London area. Right. I've never once lived in Wales, but you seem to have told everyone that you know or her are related to that I come from Wales. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. From my perspective, mm-hmm. you sounded Welsh when I met you. <laughs> a bit Welsh. Mm-hmm. You did. You admit that, right? Mm-hmm. You are on the border of Wales. Correct. And quite a few of my friends who are from around the greater London region, area, mm-hmm. borough, they don't really know about those places like they don't i think quite a few of them know the town hereford it's a city sorry (laughs) the city (laughs) the city hereford apologies mayor what's the mayor of hereford called john bishop john bishop (laughs) i have no idea sorry john sorry mr bishop for assuming it was a a town. Yeah, not many people know that name. I I guess they kind of do. But anyway, yes, I'm being ignorant saying that you're from Wales, Mm -hmm. but it's easier in conversation. I actually always say near Wales. Okay. Anyway, so that's kind of where you're from. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go to your fondest childhood memory. Do you not want to disclose where you were born and raised? Okay, yes. Go on then. I mean... I was just about to say, is this good for security reasons? Yeah, we this is definitely one of my secret answers. Oh, don't, don't say that. <laughs> Some kind of banking question. I'm here, people. <laughs> Where were you born and raised? I'll throw them. I was born in Middlesbrough. No, you weren't. And I was raised in Dublin. This is a lie. Yeah. I was born and raised in Surrey, in a village called Horsley. You were born in Horsley? No, I was (laughs) raised in Horsley. There's no hospital in Horsley. There's a veterinary. I was born just outside of London in a county called Surrey to the southwest. Stacey was born in Wales. Three hours more west of that. (laughs) Three hours more west of that. Northwest. Mm Mm-hmm. I looked on a map, I was quite surprised. But anyway, childhood memories. It's quite big to go 
straight for your fondest. Mm. So just some fond ones. I don't know if I have a significant... I don't have any fond memories. <laughs> I have many fond memories, but I don't know if I have one individual significant fond memory that springs to mind. Oh, I can think of one. For me? Yeah. You weren't in my childhood. I know, but you talk about it a lot. Okay. One with your father, uh-huh. and he was pretending to be a train. A donkey. A donkey. Yeah, that's quite fun. Tell me that one. Well, I feel like it's a regular toddler parent activity. But yes, I would force my um, my dad to give me donkey rides around the house. And I think at one point I'd even dangle a carrot in front of him, which is probably a bit <laughs> offensive now, if I think about it. But what, to, um, to donkeys? Oh, to my dad, both. <laughs> He'd take a carrot. <laughs> Better than nothing. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, that is a very fond memory. And if any of you are crouching on the floor, like for a cable or something, sometimes you <laughs> jump on each other and donkey ride, donkey ride, breaking each other's back as yeah. adults. It is a bit of a um, a running joke in the Benson household. Yes. Maybe I could do that one day. Uh, no, not sure that would be... A... <laughs> After our wedding? If you become a Benson, maybe. Oh! <laughs> I think I'll skip the donkey ride. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any more? I don't know why this is a fond memory. It's actually a bit of a traumatic memory of my childhood. The once when I was left to look after my lovely golden retriever, Millie, because my mum and dad went to Port Marion on a little holiday. Where's Port Marion? In Wales. Oh, okay. 99% sure. <laughs> <laughs> so well. Geography is not my uh, strong strength. But yes, I was left to look after Millie. My nanny was looking after me. My grandmother, not a an actual nanny. But you um, call her nanny. But I do call her nanny, yes. Not nana? No, m- my mum is now called nana to her right. grandchildren. But my nanny was called nanny or nan. Okay, your mother's mother. My dad's mother. Oh, your dad's mother? Yeah. Muriel? Yes. Okay. She's Nan or she's, Nanny. Okay. Yeah, she's Muriel to me. She's actually called Moo at one point, like Nanny oh, Moo I, or... Yeah, that's strange. Why is that? <laughs> Muriel, Moo. Oh, what the, the young children couldn't really say, Muriel. Yeah. So they'd say Moo. Moo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it was endearing when it's a, like a two-year-old, but uh, it's a bit less when it's a... 34 year old yeah you're not 34 yet <laughs> 33 and a half rounding up this really could be a a fraudulent like this episode could do us over yeah and let's please not rob our bank details or what do they do identity, identity theft theft that one yes. yes don't steal our identities please i didn't get to my memory go on then I was looking after my lovely golden retriever and she saw, we were on a walk, a squirrel about 50 metres up in front. And the last thing my mum and dad said to me before... Sorry to interrupt. It says fond. Yeah, I know. Weirdly, this is a fond memory. I feel like it's a proud memory. Okay, carry on. That taught me resilience and that I have the strength to do 
things. I don't know. Do things. Yes. Okay, carry on. Millie saw a squirrel. The last thing my mum and dad said to me before they left to go on holiday was, whatever you do, do not lose the dog. How old were you again? I'm going to say six. With a fully grown golden retriever. Yeah. Squirrel, go. (laughs) Yes. Millie just decided to take off and chase this squirrel. I mean, squirrels are very uh, tempting tempting for probably a three-year-old golden retriever at this stage. And I did not let go of Millie's lead. Mm. So I got dragged probably about 50 metres along gravel. And the side of my cheek and forehead got completely grazed and my shoulder, my arm, my shin. It was terrible, very traumatic. But I don't know why, but I look back on that now with bizarrely some kind of fondness. I think it's because I just loved Millie. She was a perfect dog. I think it's because you like to tell that story and it shows you've got grit. Ah, mm, sure. We can go with that. Yeah, I think it does. <laughs> Do you have any significant fond memories? I'd like to take a break from this episode to tell you that this show is funded by you, the listener. That's right. Not through a charitable donation, but through providing you with two hugely beneficial learning resources. One is called The Academy and the other is called The Premium Podcast. The Academy doors are currently shut until further notice, but The Premium Podcast is open for you to sign up to right now. So if you listen to this show regularly... Uh, say once a week perhaps, and you want me to continue producing it, then I need your help because this is my full-time job. And I also want to provide free education for those who really cannot afford it. But if you are in a situation where you can spare £7 a month for loads of bonus podcast content, manually edited transcripts and extended glossaries and flashcards, then I'd love you to consider supporting the show because that will give me a way to continue doing what I love to do and for those who really cannot afford it, to get a free education. You can find out more by clicking the relevant link in the show notes of this episode or head over to thebritishenglishpodcast.com or download the British English Podcast app in your app store. Back to the episode. Oh, my first memory was when I put my head through a cat flap. (laughs) I I haven't heard this. No? No. That's my first memory of crawling around the kitchen floor in the house that you haven't been to because we had moved Mm -hmm. since, yeah, and crawling along the, under the table and then I went, through the cat flap and I remember seeing the outside world very clearly quite fun but there wasn't much to it other than that and then I backed out and that was it oh, yeah. that was my first one I don't think that's a fond one another one again not fond but I do remember the whole title of this question is fond oh no I do have a fond one uh, so in our back garden we used to have a little slope it was only about two meters maybe mm-hmm. even less but it was a, just enough gradient to get some speed up with those. You might need to help me out with this vocabulary. What was it called when you put a, a wet slide down and bubbles? Like a slip and slide. Slip and slide. We had a garden party at oh, your birthday. Okay. 
and we would always do the slip and slide down that hill or slope. Mm-hmm. And it was so fun. That does sound really fun, actually. Yeah. I need a slope <laughs> <laughs> and a slip and slide. And a paddling pool as well. Oh, love a paddling pool. Yes. I think that's quite cultural, paddling pools. Most countries would probably laugh at a paddling pool. Yeah, I do feel like it. I mean, it's there definitely are paddling pools in other countries, but For I sure. do think that in the UK, not many people can justify a swimming pool. Hell no. The expense and the upkeep is just not worth it for the summer that we typically have here. So a paddling pool just makes a lot of sense. It does, yes. Mm. It is an inflatable... Miniature swimming pool. It's not even that. It's a paddling pool. (laughs) Yes, to paddle is a verb meaning to walk in water at ankle height. Oh, okay. Isn't it? Sure. I would just say a little bit of splish sploosh around. Okay. (laughs) You should be a teacher perhaps. (laughs) splish splooshing around in the summer Mm -hmm. in the slip and slide and the paddling pool Mm -hmm. that's a lovely childhood yes the other memory i was going to say was when my sister ate poisonous berries in the middle of a room (laughs) why is that fun (laughs) no it's not fun it's just and i don't think i was even alive but everyone retells it so often that it's part of my memory i've also never heard of that one ah well this is kind of why i wanted to do it because we would get to know each other even better than we already do are we preparing for marriage we are preparing for marriage yes Mm. so that is some childhood memories now this is something i don't know about you do you have any siblings i do know but do tell us yes i do indeed have two siblings both of them younger because i am the eldest and both brothers and what's more to say yeah well one of them signed up to the premium podcast Mm. of this so i mean this bit will be in the free podcast but what is your relationship like with them and who is your favorite i definitely don't have a favorite i love them both equally but i'd say my relationship is fairly similar with the both of them it's always been a very close and loving caring relationship i think it has been I noticed that when you left for America all mm-hmm. those years ago, they were distraught. And I was surprised by that. My family is great. We love each other very much. But, you know, we're quite comfortable with having time mm. apart in different countries. I disagree. I think well, Laura you... lives in Australia. Yes, but I think some other members of your family are distraught about people leaving. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one of the three children... But again, I don't think she was that bad. She was that bothered until she had three kids and she wanted some aunts and uncles (laughs) uncles around. You're going to say unkies. Unkies. It's quite cute, actually. (laughs) Unky Charlie. Unky Charlie. Yeah. You are admitting to having some siblings yourself. Oh, very good. Yes. Uh, I have two sisters, both older. So that's a difference for us. Mm -hmm. I'm the youngest. You're the oldest. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm more mature, you're very immature. Mm, disagree. I'm very, you know, plan... I don't even know how to say the word. I'm very good at planning. And you're very you, organised? That one, I'm very organised. I've got my shit together. That is a lie. It's the opposite. Um, Do you think that stems from you being the, the baby the of the family? Reason. Really? I think it probably does shape 
mm. one's personality. Interesting. Yeah, because you've always had to be the lead of the three. You've always had to be in control of the situation. Just little things like babysitting them. Yeah, I suppose. I've never really kind of acknowledged or, I guess, analysed the dynamic. Well, now's of, the time. Of uh, sibling age relationship. The, the psychology psych- of birth order. I Let me say it. <laughs> The psychology of birth order, actually. Bravo. Remember that this episode, just like every single other episode on this show, comes with a free worksheet where you get to see some of the best native expressions that come up in this very episode, along with definitions made for you, a non-native learner. I've even designed it so that you can play the podcast episode on the same page as the free worksheet. It's super user-friendly, so head over to thebritishenglishpodcast.com right now and check out the free podcast worksheets or simply click on the link that says free podcast worksheets in the show notes of this episode. Another thing about being the youngest is that you don't tend to get as many rules thrown at you. Mm, Did you have more rules? I had definitely more rules. My parents were much stricter on me growing up. Kind of rules. Let's go there. I wasn't allowed to swear at all. So I wasn't allowed to say anything. Even I wasn't allowed to say fart. Fart? Or crap. Those were both considered... Well, crap is a bit more of a swear word. Fart, though. Fart is not... (laughs) You sound so posh. How do, would I have normally said? Fart. 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 Let's not say that constantly. <laughs> Crap, fart, All right. bloody. Those were the three really frowned upon words. Your mum's going to be calling you yeah. up when she listens to this one. But that's incredible. Mm. Uh, what age, though? All age, really. It's only been... All ages. All... <laughs> Throughout my whole childhood, I would say, it's only really been in the last... Year. Five years. I would say close to 30 that I now feel comfortable dropping a swear word. Dropping the word fart. I mean, maybe not farts. Fart Stop crap. Saying fart. <laughs> fart crap and bloody definitely were allowed maybe when my brothers started to use it more. But I mean they never even had that that rule. They yeah, they were only banned or like frowned upon for saying, Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. For saying like shit, fuck. Whoa. Big words, madam. Yeah. It's only when necessary. I love your parents. Or bugger. And I love the way that they've raised every individual of your family. But your brothers do have potty mouths. Mm, They do. They're very comfortable with it. Yeah. And they're comfortable saying it in front of your family. Yeah. That's a difference from my family. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but still going on, going back to you being the eldest child, you weren't allowed to swear at all. And then they were. Mm-hmm. Did you think that yeah. was annoying? Not annoying. I think I I liked being the goody two shoes. And I say that I, phrase again. Goody two shoes. The goody two shoes. Yeah. It means the very well behaved person. Yeah. Think of Hermione Granger in Harry Potter. Yeah. Usually it's a bit of a kind of an annoyingly obnoxious kind of well-behaved person. Someone that thrives from being well-behaved. I just thought about Hermione. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are book smart 
or no. a bookworm. Mm-mm. It just it means you're a bit annoying and really well behaved. Yes. Goody two shoes. It was a phrase that was thrown around as a young boy or a young girl mm-hmm. at somebody who's being really annoyingly good. Such a goody two shoes. Yes. Okay, so that's you in a nutshell. You are a goody two shoes. Thinking about I'll take it. it. I'm okay with that. <laughs> you won't even say fart. <laughs> I say fart all the time now because you fart all the all time. All right. <laughs> what about mine? Because, you know, you're meant to ask me. Oh, some sorry. Questions uh, back, what what question are we on? What was the favorite me. thing to do? That, that's not the question. It was about your relationship with your sisters. Uh, yeah, we went off script. Yeah, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was about birth order, the psychology oh. of birth order or birth order psychology. I think I think your relationship or dynamic with your sisters definitely has been influenced by the psychology of birth order. Yeah, let, You need to Google that to get yeah. that right. Because I do think you identify with being the youngest, use that to your advantage. So, you know, if you accidentally miss someone's birthday or forget to do something or whatever it may be i feel like you play the i'm the baby card <laughs> yeah birth order psychology okay thanks or birth order theory mm. by alfred adler i remember that one actually yes i do play up to that sometimes i think it's also to do with personality but then you know does that stem from it I'm sure this could be a whole podcast it could episode. be my eldest sister is a doctor and mm-hmm. so she is very book smart and so that kind of led the pack because she was the clever one mm-hmm. and we were not as clever and we were younger so she was always the did you always feel a bit inferior i never said to myself every <laughs> night i don't want to be laura i never wanted to be that smart i don't think i mean do we ever say that <laughs> did you ever want to be smarter than you are Mm. Or how do you now? <laughs> Definitely now, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I am rapidly just becoming dumber by the day. Definitely. That's your Instagram. Instagram is killing those brain cells. I think in the time of school and when I was actually studying or trying to be academic, I think I probably wanted to be a little bit smarter than I was to maybe just find things a bit easier, maybe. I think I did have to work quite hard to get good grades. Right. Um, I didn't just come naturally. So I did secretly study quite hard. Oh, yes. You <laughs> hid this from your friends. Yes. This is culturally specific. Uh, is it now? I mean, some Asian cultures mm-hmm. are very comfortable with, mm-hmm. you know, focusing entirely on the academic world. I think it's a peer group thing though, maybe as well, because I think some peer groups in my school were also very comfortable being academic and there would almost be a bit of competition to be the smartest in the group or it was considered cool to be an overachiever. Maybe not cool, but it was commendable. Is that right? Whereas in my peer group, it was not and that is because you originally were in a private school in primary school right and then Mm -hmm. you moved to a state school Mm -hmm. i went to a state school and i was told that it was the best in the county and we were very lucky to be there (laughs) but you said mine looked like a prison (laughs) 
I showed you it proudly and you said, you went there. That looks like a prison, Charlie. It, you went to prison. It's not the most architecturally designed <laughs> school. So it does look a little bit prisony. Yeah, it's getting demolished actually and being moved I'm across glad. the road. But yeah, back to you. So you went from a private school. Mm-hmm. And what did you say to yourself when you left a private school to a state school? I think that's a loaded question because you know what I said. Very um, good. It's a loaded question. I like that. I like that a lot. I I think I vowed to not become stupid because I was under the impression that the quality of education was less in a state school, which is highly incorrect. I actually think I got a better education or a better level of teaching in my state school compared to my former public slash private school days. Yeah. Again, this could be another whole podcast because state schools versus public schools or no private. Oh, no, I said that right. Actually, Mm. in England, that's a a different thing in every single country. It's massive. The change, Mm. the difference, even up to university. Mm. So for us, the stereotype, correct me if I'm wrong, state school people are quite comfortable, very happy to go to a state school. And they look at private schoolers as snobs, posh and... Up themselves. Up themselves in an arrogant way and not necessarily clever. I felt like we looked at them as in they had all the resources, but not necessarily that they are all very talented. Yeah, I think I I definitely witnessed that. Yeah, because I think also in where I grew up, some people could pay to get into a kind of... Their parents could make a voluntary donation or contribution to the school and they could then be bumped up the the list. Yes. So. Yeah. But I do want to clarify that as an adult, I, I don't think that. But it's interesting to understand what we thought growing up. Mm. And in a private school, you look that people would look at state schools as in, what would you say? Chaos. Chaos. <laughs> yeah. I think we always thought that they were a lot bigger which they were physically yeah physically bigger and more (laughs) (laughs) I mean in terms of numbers student numbers oh not everyone was a giant (laughs) anyone six foot and under goes to the private school no I mean in private school I thought the state schools were much more overcrowded because I think I never had a class above like 20 or 30 students, maybe even less. I feel like it was actually maybe 15 to 20 students. And then in my secondary school, it'd probably be more like 40. Whoa, 40? We had 30 (laughs) to 32, never any more than 30. Really? But how many were in a year as well? We had eight forms, so eight times 30. Wow, yeah, massive. Chaos. (laughs) Carnage. (laughs) Well, it was a prison. (laughs) Got locked up at night. That's school. Toys. Let's go there. Toys and games. No, I think that's boring. That's no, boring. no, no, no. I didn't have any toys or games. <laughs> <laughs> Polly in my pocket. You can't get more culturally mm. specific. I did actually have a Furby. Polly in my pocket. Oh, Furbies. <laughs> no, maybe they were worldwide. I wonder if... Polly- I never had a Polly Pocket and it's not called Polly in my pocket. <laughs> Oh, Polly Pocket. My head has just exploded. Is it not Polly in my pocket? Yes, it is. I've just Googled it. It's called a Polly Pocket. No, that's a shorthand. 
Polly Pocket, large wearables. Oh, okay. But it came up as Polly in my pocket. No, it's both. It's definitely both. Okay, yeah. So it's Polly Pocket. What is it? It's a plastic little figurine or doll in a tiny, tiny plastic capsule. Container. container. Like like a Tupperware, what you put or like a lunchbox. You open it up and there's a Polly Pocket world in there. Yeah, there's a it's like a dollhouse in a lunchbox. Yes. Nice. And then the guy's version, do you remember that? No, I actually never had a Polly Pocket. Mighty Max? Never heard of it. Yeah, Mighty Max. Yeah, it was basically a skull and you'd open it. Oh, it was so good. There were lots of them but I had the one with the skull. Wow, I've never seen them. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So like a a more... A masculine Polly Pocket. Okay. Or a male Polly Pocket. No, more masculine. masculine. I don't think you can say male now. Correct. Because... I, I stand corrected. <laughs> yes. So those are some toys. Mm-hmm. You had a Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. I had a Tamagotchi. I was quite good. Were you good? I think you were. You were I was goody good. two-shoes. I was good at two-shoes. Mine lived the longest. <laughs> I can really imagine that. <laughs> and then I think your brother Hugo would have like l- broken the actual device. Yeah, I mean, he was just not interested in Tamagotchis. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine what he'd say right now. <laughs> Loser, Charlie. He was way too busy playing football or, or you know, just hanging out on the streets. Yeah. Can you go into that a bit? So what's what was his life like, would you say, his his childhood? So he would come back from school on his own? Like, would he walk home? At a certain age. Yeah, what age? Well, actually, we always had to be picked up because we never li- lived that close to our school. So okay. my mum or dad would always pick us up from school. They Hugo, especially the youngest, had quite a lot of after school activities because he was quite such as sporty so he played a lot of football mostly football i would say <laughs> he played a lot of football i think he played for a few different teams mm-hmm. so yeah he would do that but to be honest i think this is highlighting that i don't have a very good memory of my childhood it's a bit of a cloudy you definitely had one didn't you <laughs> i was alive as a child yes but he got into... I can't remember, like, can't so remember. much stuff. Okay, well, yeah. That's... I can only barely remember the Tamagotchi. <laughs> like, barely. What about playground games? Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> 40-40? I can't remember playground. Stuck in the mud? Stuck in the mud, yeah. But I, I only know what it is. I can't remember ever playing it. Are you joking? No, I'm not. I really have really terrible, like, specific memory. I can't remember people's names from school. I can't remember so much. You can't remember the first person you married, quote unquote. I never married anyone. Did you not? No. Nor did I. (laughs) You were waiting for me. (laughs) We will leave it there for part one of today's episode. Thank you very much for listening up to this point. If you did want to listen to part two and part three of this conversation, then you can head over to the BritishEnglishPodcast.com and check out the premium podcast or academy memberships. The premium podcast gives you access to the full conversation along with extended glossaries, transcripts and flashcards. Whereas the academy gives you all of that plus exclusive videos and audios for the season-based episodes, explaining the vocabulary, exampling them, giving you quizzes, writing assignments and 
weekly speaking classes on Zoom. But if you were just here for part one of this conversation, then I thank you very much for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed the show. Do grab that free worksheet by clicking the link in the show notes. My name's Charlie, and I will see you next week on the British English Podcast. <laughs>